So yesterday we spoke about, Pastor Sam has spoken about it, um, know the state of your ship. Maybe we said it in that exact manner or not. Um, that's still the gist that we've got to look for the souls. And it's never about end of the month giving. It's about leadership, true leadership, which I think we mentioned three things. I don't know if anyone can remind me. Three basic um, things about leadership. I know you must have received it, but quickly, if you give me the story. Awesome, that's great. I heard nothing. They are led. They are unified and they recruit. Thank you. They are led because a true leader is a follower, right? They are also a unifier. They unify, they bring people together. And the best way you can bring people together is not to entertain the talking of fault about people. And I think, again, I've said it before, but let me reemphasize it before we get into today. We like to hear people's fault. And most times we judge their fault forgetting that we have many. We, uh, we are so right in our own eyes until somebody points out our faults to us um, and all that. So we've got to be very careful knowing that People's fault, I said it yes, I said this first one yesterday. People's fault is an opportunity for you to grow. It tests your patience, your maturity, and all those things. Also, people's fault is an opportunity for you to justify or to be condemned. That's what David did. I want you to remember this very well. When they asked David about a man in his realm, the prophet Nathan has come to David and told David, David, there was a man in your realm who has a lot of sheep, but there is this other man who only has one. The one who has a lot of sheep or goats or animals had a visitor. And when the visitor came, the one with the Lord decided to snatch from the one who has nothing. Um, and David quickly jumped up and said, you know what? The, that kind of a man must be dealt with. Wow. Then the prophet said, David, you are the guy. Everybody's fault is just telling you about you. You open your mouth and you start judging them. Everything you said about them is what you will get for all your fault. And you're not going to escape it. It's not going anywhere. Because I think what happens to us is once someone's fault is given to us, we look at them and we quickly gauge ourselves and say, nah, 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 I'm not like that. <laughs> it's an opportunity for you to create messy space for yourself. Um, so, and I think that should close that topic. Leadership is not condemnation. And I love what Pastor Miriam said, um, well, giving her own comment, the, the ones that I'm able to hear, and I'm sure many people have said many important things. Well, I, I'm just saying that in, in the space of leadership, growth is forgiveness. Then someone says someone, as a leader, someone stole something from you, the people you are trying to help. The question is, what should they be doing? Uh, yeah, as in, you say, oh, I house this, I help this. What should they be doing? Praying for you? No, it doesn't start from that. They should be stealing from you. That's the truth. 
Imagine someone say, Oh, I have ex convita that he say, I can't believe they stole from me. He said, oh, well, well, you, you thought they will be praying for you, and I don't understand. That's their job for now. That's their job, and you must provide what needs to be stolen. <laughs> you know. Oh on a better on a better ground, what I'm trying to say is don't put your five hundred where it can be stolen. If you know what you're doing, but if you thought you brought in the Michael home from the street, <laughs> you, know, you brought a person whose life is about stealing. And I, there's an amazing, amazing story in the Bible. In fact, just one page later, it's called Philemon. The whole story of Philemon, you're going to move soon, and you will not like where you will be soon. So. The whole story of Philemon is very simple. It's about a slave who ran away. Avon sort of defrauded his master and he ran off and Paul got him on the way during his running away and he's doing whatever he's got to do with the resources now. Paul, he had become a convert of Paul and Paul sent, sends him back to his master, Philemon, and Paul sends him with a letter saying, I want you to accept this guy back and all those stories. And Paul said, whatever he owes you, whatever is stolen from you, um, put it in my account that I'm going to be the one to pay for it. But then he reminds Philemon, he said, but not to talk of the fact that you owe me as well. And you've got a greater debt with me, Philemon, than this guy can ever owe you. You owe me your life, you owe me your soul. You know, so again, a leader, if so, if somebody say, oh, people are saying a lot of wrong things about you, I'm thinking, what should they be saying? What should they be saying? That's their duty. That's their job. They've got to do it. No one stole something from you. That's their job. Of course, if a son in the house, a daughter also steals, for their own sake, we're going to want them and talk to them for their sake because they will be destroyed. By themselves, you understand, but that's correction. But it doesn't now get into my emotion. Uh, oh, uh, and those who almost die on stolen things is because they worship money. You understand? Oh, it's stolen like two thousand. I'm going to cause. I'm going to your cause will not work. It's not your blessing didn't work. Why will your cause work? <laughs> All of a sudden, you become a prophet. <laughs> so, but there's no need. Uh, again, so protect yourself. Make sure that those who are leaders and accommodating people, make sure you don't, after giving, make sure you have no money. <laughs> so there'll be nothing to steal. There'll be so my post pass, buy it. I'll put it where it should be, you know. And if you have so much money, put it in the bank. I don't know, whatever. To protect all those things, but if anything ever or God ever allows something to happen, um, we must look for the lesson in what, what what is there to to learn and things like that. Today, I, I thought we would get to the money part of things, but I don't think we're still able to um, get into that today, as we. And hopefully before Friday we'll get into it.
Today, I'm going to center around character. By character, please don't expect me to talk to you about how good you should be a good man. And Let, let's advance. If you like, be a good man. If you like, don't be. That will be your own headache. But on a serious, serious, real practical note, man, we're talking about character in leadership as leaders. And this is assuming and believing that there are many matters that we dealt with even before Monday. And then on Monday, this is believing that you no longer question yourself as a leader because I've defined to you who a leader is, that a leader is a follower. This is assuming that there is a conviction of steel because that's where we're going today, that you are convinced about your role. This is assuming that what we started with on Monday, which is faith, that you understand what faith is. Faith is believing in an assignment and you're not at a point of doubting yourself. And even if you're doubting yourself, the doubt of you still doesn't mean anything to you because you still do what is right. Despite your, your mental fear or doubt and things like that. It is based on that that we can begin to then talk to ourselves about character. And I want to start with one thing. The most important, if you ask any Jewish um, scholar, what is the most important attribute of God? The most important um, uh, the most important attribute of God, what God is known for, the most important of it is holiness. Holiness is the most, as far as Jewish scholars are, in, uh, uh, are concerned, the most important attribute of God is holiness. And you'll be surprised that the word holy means one. That it is not purity. The word holy does not mean purity. It does not mean... Um, sanctification that's not what we're thought right we're thought that holiness is don't commit sin it is not true and I've, I've been saying this from Lancaster house and I think some of our pastors had problems with that then they said how can you say uh, holiness is not purity I said I think say the Bible says no write your own Bible no holiness is being one in other words it means God is one with himself. And then he commands you to be holy. He said, be holy as your father in heaven is holy. So is it possible to be like God? He won't command something that is not possible. He won't ask you to do what you can, what is never possible. So the problem we have is, this, listen to this that is important, is every human is two people. Everybody. Well, two, the greatest battle you will fight in life is with you. That's going to be the biggest battle of your life. The struggle. But the more the real you comes into the public, the more you develop character. So, now, when I say, what should they be doing? I want to know a stealer for a stealer. Or you call thief. 
His character is now blown in the open. That's who he is. That's what he does. I want to know who is what for what. And you see, you never err in a single place. And we all know the, the, the tendencies of all the disciples of Jesus. There was not once he was correcting their, their, their attitude. Not once. Peter was still Peter. As erratic as Peter. Thomas, he would have some brief conversation with him about his doubt. But he just laughs and walks away. Thomas still, imagine Thomas, Thomas' behavior of doubter from day one that Jesus met him. Until Jesus died and resurrected, Thomas was still Thomas. <laughs> In other words, Jesus accepted them as long as they are following. And it didn't matter what they were, as long as Thomas is not pretending to have faith when he's a doubter. You see, that's the biggest problem in church, isn't it? You have people who don't really know who they are and what they have. Come give testimony about how Spark Nation has changed their life. I'm sitting there thinking, because I've experienced church. It's fine for the moment because it's true. But it's not what Spark Nation taught you to be. It's who you are going to be at the end of the day that will remove you from there. Because you are two people. So let's deal as leaders so that we can understand, and that's why we continuously access, or assess, or value, or, uh, or check out the leadership pattern of Jesus, which most times we ignore for his messianic personality. In other words, we embrace him as the messiah. They want to be worshipped, and we worship him, and we sing all our songs to him, and we worship him, and we get into the spirit or whatever we get into, um, and all that. We feel the atmosphere, but we forget that he's a leader, and that leadership has style, principles, which the world then embraces. They don't worship Jesus, but they take the principles and use it, and it works for them. And then all of a sudden, they are here and we are there. And we want to get where they are. Then we go to them to read their principle. Meanwhile, they got it from our Messiah, the one we worship every week. So they've just said, you know what? You are a savior, Jesus. I'm going to take your principle without accepting you as my savior. Because I want to be my savior. You see, it will fail at the end of the day because they will not make eternal life. But we also will fail at the end of the day because we will not make life. <laughs> so we'll be busy suffering, waiting for eternal life. They'll be busy enjoying, waiting not for eternal life. So be careful that places don't trade just one minute to the rupture. <laughs> that was intentional. So, now, God is one. God is holy. That's the most important quality of Jesus. Something that is holy is only because it's so pure that there is no ulterior motive. The person with an ulterior motive is the most dangerous person. 
Now, that's the first thing that we're going to check in leadership. Now, and how to deal with people with ulterior motive is also what we're going to check. And again, we've said it over and over again. One of the keys to success is do not care to know what people are saying about success. The problem with failures is that they have a lot of things to say about success. Because it's their shield from being questioned about why they are not succeeding. It's a protection. That pastor said that church was great, but because he needs to tell his members why they've been doing this for 12 years and they are not growing. So he says, you see, in this church, we believe in salvation. Even if it is three people. Because I cannot do what all those other pastors are doing. I cannot dip my hands into iniquity. <laughs> so I don't do all those. I will tell you the truth as it is. I will tell you the truth. And I don't care who hears the truth and who doesn't. If they like it, they stay. If they, it's a, look, there's many people that have come and gone from here. They have, have told them the truth. And then I say, walk out if you don't like because <laughs> my guy, you are lying. You, they don't bond you. You. <laughs> you think I don't know you are begging Mrs. Sosa so not to leave. <laughs> so people use many excuses to defend themselves on why. Ulterior motive in leadership, God waits. Now, God will remove people from leadership haven't waited for purity from them over time. For them to get rid of ulterior motives. You will be wearied out if there is any entertainment for prominence or popularity in church. And it's not something the pastor or anybody can spot. When people say things like, I'm not seeking any prominent role. No, 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 no. Let me tell you, madam, I know that's what you are saying. I already know the fact that you have to tell me. It could be that you're being fake or even you don't know that's what you are seeking. So don't tell me, act it. Let's see. Let's see until you don't seem to have your way. And then you throw tantrums. A person can throw tantrums by fighting and becoming vocal. A person can, can throw tantrums by withdrawing. They just become close. I'm not for all those things she's for. It's a lie. It's still tantrums. It's ulterior motive. And that's what the wrote holiness. So, what is holy? Something that has no ulterior motive. Uh, there are questions of leadership. There are questions if God is going to put his seal of approval over your life. You've got to check your holiness level. Are you one with yourself? Are you one person yet or two? Uh -huh. So, leadership fades away when two people act through one body. Uh -huh. 
I need you to think about that quickly. I want those who say people are fake. You're only reflecting you, a deeper issue in you that you've not sorted out. Be careful. And how do you overcome that constant self-examination? I've got to ask myself every time, spark nation, spark nation, that positive, um, negative, whatever the case may be, is my motive still the same from day one? I still don't want faith. I'm still not interested in money other than for mission. I'm still not interested in cars or dress. It has never been my interest from day one. It's still not. And I think people think that you only have things because you're interested in them. In fact, on the contrary, most times you have things because you are not interested in them. That's the fact of the matter. I'm still not interested. So I've got to sit myself down and say, do you want to be popular? How do you feel when you realize you have become so popular? And my own question, I'm still speaking about myself. My own answer still is indifferent. So I've got to define that to myself. What does popular mean? Because it's not a set out. You didn't set out for that. But has it now affected you? So when pastors ask me that question, I just say, I feel indifferent. I'm very happy to speak in a classroom like this. I'm very happy for one of you to lead to the way thousand people on Sunday. And I speak to leaders in, in their living room. It's very comfortable for me. I like it. And I'm still happy with that. It's meaning nothing has changed. And I'm not saying this to you out of assumption. There are questions that I've asked myself. One of the leaders called me the other day and said, Look, Pastor, I need you in April. Spring harvest is the biggest um, harvest or, or concert or whatever it is um, in the whole of, of UK, in the whole of Europe. Is spring harvest is 90 or 90 something percent wide. And he said, I need you there for two days. They actually contacted me to bring you because they were told that you won't come. I mean, I won't come, but you, I can get you there. I'm your big brother. I'm your big brother. So I said, okay, whatever. So noticed you're not excited about it. I said, number one, I can't be excited about what I don't know what it is. <laughs> I said, I thought you would have done your research. I said, I forgot what you told me. I just forgot, but yeah, you're my big brother. Definitely, yes. Um, and because of that, I'm just going to show up. I'm just going to show up on the day. Um, and you know in my jeans and shit, I'm just going to show up and say, okay, who do I? He said, you don't understand. It's the biggest thing going on in da 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 da, da. I said, is it Glastonbury? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's where I want to preach the gospel. Right? Like, yes, like, these are Christians. Why, why, why do I need to talk to Christians? Whatever. But anyway. It was pushing and, and, and things like that. Again, then some other pastor heard and said, oh, wow, the way you react to this, they said, to what exactly? You can, you, can, you can manage your way into big places. You will have no impact there because you are not holy. By the time you reach there and speak, in five minutes, they will forget you. 
because there is ulterior motive. You're going to take the glory from God, so to speak, and it's going to be yours. That's what you're looking for, to be holy. Now, let's, let's trace character down the line now. You should never be two people. Most people are, by the way. Most people are two people. By the time you say someone has faded away or left or something is wrong, that, that, what happened is the other person that refused to die are taking over. It's fought the person they want to be or the person they showed us to be. It's fought that person to a standstill and it took over the affairs of their lives. It took it over. And in leadership, and I think this is one of the, when a person, and, and again, I'm going to get myself into deep issues now. When a person is sitting down in front of me as your pastor, now, I'm hearing what they are not saying, not what they are saying. I'm not impressed by how much a person serves. If they come first to church, you see, that is their service to God. But as of my own duty to God, and as it has to do with them, I'm hearing what they are not saying. Imagine if I'm hearing what they are saying. I think I would have been heartbroken more than most of you ladies. Uh, uh, because everybody, either for being stuck struck or for whatever reason, when people sit down in front of you, they've got a lot to say about what God is using you to do in their lives. And I'm thinking, I know what you're going to do to me tomorrow. <laughs> I, know. I know what you're going to do to me tomorrow. Um, not all, of course, probably none of us in this room. I'm just saying people generally. That's the truth. You won't be in this room on a Wednesday afternoon if you're like that most times. I don't think so. And if you're here on Wednesday afternoon, you're like that, you, you are sick. <laughs> because there's a lot of stress. Because <laughs> you won't be like that. A, um, leaders meeting on a Wednesday afternoon, you're not, you know. So most people are two people. How do you deal with that in leadership? Of course, by dealing with yours first and asking yourself, am I really one? My Am I one with myself? I, I've said this before, but I've got to repeat it. The more your secret self can become public, you become close to character. Mm -hmm. The more your secret self can become public, the more you get closer to character. You become a man of character because your secret self now is, become, is becoming public. We all know whatever is called your secret self. It means it's no longer secret. You've exposed him. You've brought him how? I repeat for anything in the world. The thousand people, there is no thing that you're going to hear about me tomorrow that will shock you. Because I've said it all, I've known it all. I know there's curiosity in the art of men, which still makes you feel. I say, oh yeah, child, you don't know people. People can have some secret stuff. Not me. They're talking about themselves. That's them. 
If anybody is telling you that about somebody, they are only saying, as you're looking at me, there are things on me you don't know, even though I pretend as if you know. It's as they're talking about them, because that's how people are. Whereas for me, your senior pastor today, there will be hardly anything. Maybe you may not know my favorite food, what I like to eat, that may be a secret um, when I wake up. But any information that affects your life or mine is just here. That's why I couldn't do fraud. Because anybody I do it with, they will just see police the next day. <laughs> because somehow I'll be talking to the boy. I say, yeah, you know how things are going now. Things, things are fine. In fact, yesterday, myself, Amma, or Pastor Obi, Yes, Miriam, we just found some stuff. stuff, stuff. <laughs> oh, sorry, an auto. <laughs> no, by the way, on the serious side, I forgot to tell you, auto. No, no, seriously. The caption is I put up on you when they took the lamp off, it, they have it in Scotland. Yeah, that caption. So they said, is this the guy that you give him the car? So it's there. So I said, how do we work to remove this now? Loki. <laughs> Loki, are you already in Scotland on the So the more your secret self becomes public, the more you're coming close and you're becoming a man of character. I need to do an example. Um, Pastor David, you would always be the example, please. <laughs> David Senior, please come. Yeah. If you stand here, sir. Okay. Um, Who do I use that? No, don't go behind, sir. Here is fine. Faye, come. Stand next to him. Very good, Abby. Remove this jacket. (laughs) (laughs) You say your arm should be hard. (laughs) <laughs> I would need them to do something now. This is an important illustration, please. I'll need you to flex your muscles. <laughs> I know this will be funny, but I'm trying to get at something here. <laughs> Don't pass the David, please. You're not, I really, no, guys, I know this will be funny, but I really need this illustration, please. I need it to show. Yeah, guys, guys, I really need you to work with me on this. If I lose this point, I already know this is going to be one long thing, but calm down, let me just do this illustration, please. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, guys. 
Thanks, yeah. Thank you. Now, now seriously now, guys, I really need you now. I don't want to lose this point to laughter. It's good to laugh at it and all that, but it's a serious note for me. You've seen, whichever way you look at it, from what you see, who's got strength? About, no, and you'll start calculating and coming to your philosophies now. This is strength here. You know, if you have to lift something heavy, if you have to break through a door, out of these two, who are you likely going to call? That's David. That's the fact, right? Okay. Um, if you have to rely on somebody to defend you, against maybe big team boys or whatever. <laughs> Who are you likely going to call? <laughs> so you will call Pastor David. Normally speaking, thank you. You can you can see it. Now what I'm saying with what I want to say is this. Listen please listen guys that's cool. I need to get into this now because of time. We've seen two, two people now. What one of them is, is probably, let's say Pastor David now, probably disciplined enough to attend the gym, to build these muscles, to do what he's got to do, and to make sure that the picture of what he wants to look like, he attains. That takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of commitment. And it takes consistency. The reason why some of us are not like him is not because we don't desire to be. It's just we lack the consistency. We can't, you know, those of you who are registered in gym. Uh, and, and, and the fact of the matter still remains, if you are going to lose weight, it will be gym. Pastor Daniel was emphasizing that this morning as well. It's going to be gym. All those things you drink, this oil here, drink it, drink it, you're deceiving yourself. You're just wasting your money. You're wasting your money, you're wasting your time. So, so but, but that's, that's, that's not my point. That's not what I'm trying to, to get to at all. What I'm trying to get to this morning is this. You see the strength that is just exhibited and probably failure strength. The strongest man, and so we're going to compare Samson now and Joseph. Samson is a powerful guy. Samson would approach the city gate. Samson will take the jaw of a donkey and is going to kill thousands of people just with the jaw of the donkey. He's a powerful guy. Or lacking in character. Wow. Joseph was just an handsome guy, looking clean, not powerful, but he's got character. And with that character, he dethroned Pharaoh and took Pharaoh's place. By the consistency of character, Samson couldn't fulfill his mission to 
they threw just the Philistines. It was given power. When the anointing comes on something, you better not be around if you're an enemy. It doesn't matter if you're a bear or a lion. It's going to take you and toy, 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 toy into pieces and tear you into pieces, by the way. But you see, with Joseph, and so we want to examine that, and from there we're going to define what character is and the build up to it. Because again, what I'm trying to tell you is not be a good person. We're going to define character in a moment. Because of what Joseph is, from being sold by his brothers to the house of Potiphar, when they go to the house of Potiphar, he had so much consistent character. Joseph was just Joseph. And what he would do there was to take over that place. Because you just know Joseph for who Joseph is. When temptation came from Potiphar's wife, he responded based on his character. Then he's gone to prison. His move was not swinging. Hey, hey, that's, that's my point. He didn't have a mood swing. Mood swing is why you're not getting where you need to get to. You don't have character. You you are like bipolar. You you are this today. So Joseph was still ruling as a slave. This guy. So it means the circumstances and the issues of his life was not tuning him. No, you didn't hear that. He was in control of the circumstances. So he did not know God less at the point of betrayal. I, I wish you heard that. God did not matter less to him because of people's betrayal. Because of his own brother, because of his fellow church people's betrayal. He didn't know God less. And the test of that came when Potiphar's wife made advances at him and he said, shall I do this and sin against God in a place where he could have said, the God who brought my brothers together and we all have covenant and he called them blessed, watch me all the way for me to be sold here and I'm a slave, even though I was a prince with my own father. Now I'm betrayed. Do you know your character is tested through the issues of life and that's when you have mood swings. <laughs> If you like, call it women's stuff all you like. It is still mood swing. It means lack of character. And heavens does not work with people who lack character. Imagine all those who have been to church. Once things are not going their way, they are gone. It's a lack of character. It's not about Joseph's brothers. It's about Joseph's journey. Look, no matter what covenant Samson's got, his power is not useless. It's supposed to be useful. No matter what power he's got, the moment he's, he, he meets the liner, character gone. Everything is over from there because what matters to him now is what matters to other people. You, you didn't hear what I said. Your reaction, if your life is controlled by people, what matters to other people? Imagine somebody fighting the church because somebody in that church owes another person. I said, what's your own? 
I said, did you come in here to defend? I don't understand. Is it a mental problem or it's just this holier than thou thing? Like, now a church should not do that. It's not the church, it's a person in the church. But so it's not, that's not the case then. It's that you lack character yourself. You are angry with somebody because the person you are close to today is angry with them. So two of you are fighting Gifty. Not because Gifty offended me. Because Gifty offended Miriam and Miriam is close to me now. So we are now enemies of Gifty. Because for now we are close. So what you don't I mean you must be insane not to understand that what you heard about Gifty is from the point of Toby who is at loggerhead with Gifty right now. So why does that make us a joint enemy of a person? Lack of character. Mm. She lacks character. And say, my ops friend is my ops. <laughs> so if you are a friend to my opposition, you are my opposition because I am a friend to him now. I'm like, yeah, but they, that person could be on the other side. I don't understand. Upon what judgment? Character. Character. Joseph, in that state, it's amazing that this guy has not changed. I think that's why God trusted Joseph. It's not changed from loving God all the same even at the point of betrayal. Mm. Worship is an expression of stable character. But what steers up worship mostly in church is music. Yeah. It's not really worship. Because if it's not music, you will be excited from the beginning to the end. But look how long it took you to warm up. Yeah. You know you have to warm Christians up. Yeah. Mm. So, but I've got to have a stable attitude to worship, a stable attitude to, to, to word, a stable attitude to giving. You see, you know that's the most important area. What, what was God doing with Abraham? Testing character. So Abraham had waited. And when Abraham messed up, God did not speak to him for about 15 years. And when God came back, God said, walk with before me and be thou perfect. This is still the instruction. And then he started the contract again. And now he gives birth to Isaac. But what it did not pass with Agar, he has to repeat. With, so I, I'll show you from scriptures, probably not this Sunday, whenever. I think I'll be in the world church tomorrow, so maybe, maybe. Um, what he was going to show Abraham was the same exam is going to pass through it. That's why I said, take your son. It was Isaiah that saw it. Why? I hope you still read your Bible, right? Yes, sir. I'm sure you'll find it. <laughs> so, he told him to take his son whom he loves and go sacrifice. Because if you've done that to Agar's son, Ishmael, there's got to be a repeat now because I need to test you. And they found because he's at the world walk before me and be that perfect, and he found Abraham to still be that perfect, that even though he lacked children and son, especially a son for many years, 
when the time came for him to kill him again, he was willing to. What is stable character? Stable. It's not, you, why is God not trusting us with the kind of money he should trust you guys with now? He's still going to see that character. Why does he leave us to give in lack? It's a test of character. Yeah. Would this be a stable relationship or would you give because you have? Because giving is a rule and it's not based on having. I repeat, giving is a law. It is not based on having. It is based on giving. Giving is a rule that stays by itself. It's not if you have, give. Uh -uh. It is give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Test of character. It's test of character. A stable person is the only person you should work with. People are too, too. So let's look at this. I wrote down a principle here. Your philosophy. I remember teaching this in Lancaster many years ago about what your philosophy is. Your philosophy is your belief system. So as a young man years ago, I realized that what separates me from others is my philosophy. The things that I've chosen to believe. Then I realized that most people I would meet in life have none. They have no philosophy. Their philosophy and their behavior is based on the now, what is happening now. However they feel now. If they love somebody now, they just love the person. It's not based on anything. It's just, it's not, it's not based on philosophy. It's not based on principle. So I realized that what can, what can separate me from many other young men or women is my personal philosophy because this is what my philosophy will do to me. It's going to create a belief system. The things that I believe in. So I started to teach them. The reason why I was talking about philosophy is you can simplify your life. You can take five segments of life and say, this is my belief on giving. This is my belief on relationship. This is my belief on church. Just take five. And upon that pillar is the entirety of your life. You've, what you've done from that point is you've simplified life. And now that gives you a stable character. And things will come to try those things. If you will not shift from your philosophy, you've won in life. Otherwise, people are very complicated. You, one of the biggest problems you have today, right now as you're seated, is that there are many issues in your life because there are many thoughts in your head as to how to approach one issue. One issue can have like 50 solutions, if not 50,000. What your mom said, what your sister said, then what PT said, then what YouTube said, then what Donald Trump said, but then that's after what Obama said. What is the reason? So already now, on one issue, let's say relationship, for example, you're listening to this, listening to that, you've gone for relationship program. So your head is mobile jumbo. And if we come in there today, even we visitors cannot escape because it's a jungle. Wow. 
It's a jumble in that head because there's no clarity as to your philosophy. You don't have any. Now, if you don't have that, how do you lead other people? You become a blind leader of the blind. You'll be given terrible advice, leading people astray. It's a philosophy. So I've got a philosophy, personal, about giving. And I can share with you, it's simple. Giving is giving. What I've got to do to give doesn't matter. Do you understand? Giving is just giving. That's the end of it for me. So, 1,000 people can come to the house and say, oh, giving is not necessary or this, that, that, that. Nobody has said that, by the way. Nobody has said that, by the way. So, people can say, oh, giving is not important. That, 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 that. Good for you. But you can be anything to me. I'm not just taking it. I'm not going to have it. Because it's my philosophy, you see. And I've got character. It's called stability. Oh, what if that giving is not working? I, it, I would have to stay with it till I die. I'm sorry, because that's stability. The God that you don't see has character that you see. Joseph had never seen God. Shall I do this and sin against God? It's just as simple as that. Now, what is my philosophy and given as it relates to my office as a pastor then do what you are willing to do that's of the old church always whatever we need there will be people because of my preaching and teaching who has entered the spirit of my personal philosophy but as a church is like give if you want to give it's good to give blah 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 but when I'm teaching about giving, I'm talking to some people who spirit has entered this spirit. So there are people I will never tell what to give. And there are people I'll tell, give so, so, so. I'll never tell something. Ever till this word is over. If they ask me for advice about giving, I'll say, I don't really know. Because there's no need. It's a philosophy. If you don't establish these philosophies, you will have many questions in life and your mobile jumbo life because of your personal confusions. How do you overcome personal confusion? Through personal conviction. I want to talk about conviction. But let me, let me finish this. Like philosophy, your belief system. Belief creates your values. Your values will create your moral response or responses. Yeah? Believe creates your, your philosophy first, then your belief system. Your belief system will create your values, and your values will create your moral response or responses. Your moral responses becomes your ethics. And then that forms character, and character controls your life. I've just given this equals this, this equals that, and I'll read it again. So the way I wrote it in my note is on, equals leads to this, this to that, with those dash marks. So I'll say it again. Philosophy means your belief system. Belief system will create your values.
your values. Sister, you're looking around, you're not writing. Hello, sister. Yes, ma'am. You look beautiful, but you're not writing. Your phone is charging. Belief creates your values. Thank you. Thank you for writing. Beliefs create your values. And those of you tweeting, um, pretending as if you are writing. Stop tweeting, just write. Stop checking your tweet. There's nothing going on there. Beliefs create your values. And values equals moral responses. So, now, Joseph had taken over a certain belief system. He knows what sexual say. Huh? One more time, yeah. Yes. Moral values lead to ethics. These are my ethics. And that's character. And character controls your life. I'll say one more time. Philosophy is your belief system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, write it down and answer it. Good question, though. Philosophy leads to your belief system. Belief creates your values. What are your values in life? What do you value? What are your way of thought? What is... Because, okay, let me finish reading your creative value. That leads to your moral responses. How do you respond to certain situations? So your morals is, look, I don't do this. I do that. You know people don't have those lines in life, right? Okay. Your moral responses. And that leads to your, that leads to your ethics. Uh, ethics then is to character and character controls your life. I believe we all get it by now. If you don't listen to the tape, okay. So, one of the first things that I think we established as a church is our belief system. Spark Nation has a belief system. We might not have written it in a book or in a paper, but there's a belief system. Otherwise, a thousand and one people have something to say about how church should be. So if you don't have values and belief system in your life, many other people will create one for you. The only person that will not create any for you will be you. Many people, even your pastor, I don't care, will create a system for you as your belief system. YouTube or, um, or one of those things will create a belief system for you. For those who are ladies or, or, or men waiting to marry, your spouse will create one for you. Subconsciously. Whereas, it should be the values you have that brings your spouse. As a church, it's the values we have that brings our people. If you don't share that value or you don't want to understand it, you don't need to come. 
Now, that doesn't make you a bad person. It just means that we are not compatible. We are not to be together. That's a belief system and my value. So, Joseph will respond because he has a belief system. He already believes this will anger God against me. So, that, that propelled or that pushed his moral response. Shall I do this and sin against God? That's my morals. Because I've got a belief system. Do you understand that? I believe there is a God. And I know that anywhere I will get to in life will be because that God is with me. That's my belief system. Yeah? yeah. Now, how do I then respond in the face of temptation? I already have a ready-made answer. It's not a think-about-it situation. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not, let me think. It's not, um, hmm, I'm going for a thought walk now. Uh -uh. I already have a moral response to it. That because of my belief, this is now going to be my response. And no matter how appealing it looks, I'm not going to do it. Because it does not work with my belief system. And that means that it does not work with my values. And that means that it's not ethical for me. And that means it's not my character. And that means it cannot control my life. Do you understand that? The only way, the only way this work is sustainable. Because sustainability, when people talk about sustainability, they are looking for, oh, when people keep coming, will you have money, da, 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 da. rubbish, rubbish. The only way it is sustainable is character. And once there's a defect in the character, there's a problem. It becomes non-sustainable. So those who talk about sustainability, the reason why they didn't rise is because they have no character. You know, the pastors of anything goes. They are success teacher today. Tomorrow they are deliverance minister. Day after they are healing evangelists. Day after they are traveling evangelists. In other words, satanic ministry. That's to and through the earth ministry. And so I, I went from Venezuela to, um, to, to Japan. I'm from Japan. Are you satan? Are you, why are you walking to and through the earth? There are no preachers in Venezuela. <laughs> of course, there are apostolic ministries, people who go and establish churches and all that, but these guys just preach in people's church everywhere. Like, Satan was the one that did that the last time we saw him in the book of Job, and God questioned him. God, we saw question you. <laughs> Believes, philosophy, if you can, and, and it will be strange for anybody your age to have any of those things. Now, if we as a nation can put that conviction into life, guess what we just did? You just beat your generation by another 20, 30 years because people start, they, you know what people do? They don't consciously build a belief system and a moral response. They let it happen to them by mistakes that they've made. And that takes time, isn't it? So now he's 60 and he wants to tell you a story. So, 
You see, when we speak, you people, uh, uh, there's a saying in my place, say, even if you have clothes, like an elderly, you can have rag. Like, I said, what will I do with the rag? I don't want rag. Leave me alone. Don't give me your rag. Oh, I just want to borrow you some of my rag. Oh, my days. No. You, the reason why you have accumulated so much, by rag, they mean their mistakes. The reason why they accumulated that is because consciously, there was no life of developing moral values, a value system, ethics. So they stumbled on it. So because this happened, yeah, this is what I then did after three years, four years, five years of dealing with the mistake. Why do you want your life to be like that? But it will be like that if there is no... So no wonder the Jewish race prospered. You know what? From the young age, they teach their children belief systems. So they teach them money, they teach them Sabbath day, they teach them all these things, and because of that, that will build their moral system. Guess where we're coming from? There is no moral system at all. We don't even know those things exist. For a long time. So what we do is that we just do things as they occur to us. When we're young, those of you who are guys, I don't know if you've ever been in a relationship with a Jewish girl. <laughs> the, the, the ladies with a Jewish guy. That's a man who has looked for. That's from experience. You, and, and it is correct. Listen now, because of time. And it is, it is correct because they don't roam around. No, no, please listen, please. They don't roam around. <laughs> and Nigerian guys. <laughs> they don't roam. They don't roam the earth. They are not everywhere. Why? A father puts a belief system installed into them from childbirth, I mean from child consciousness, from the time she's become conscious about life now. You see why we're where we are? Nobody put those in us. And that keeps saying, remember the son of whom you are. I just see you here sitting down every day. Who are you, dad? <laughs> you see here, I see mom serve you food. And, yeah, you might be the pounded yam eater. Oh, like, hey, no, no, that's the story. I just see you eating pounded yam all the time. And all of a sudden, you become, remember the son of whom you are. Yeah, pounded yam eater. <laughs> because I don't know you. You've instilled nothing in me. We have no morals. There is nothing called family. There's no leg out my days. If you let me tell you, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You see, this work, right? Is your story to your kids. 
as your moral value and what you stand for in your young days. The children of Israel will tell a story to their children and their children and children about how Moses and their father Abraham got them to where they are now. And because of that, that's why we worship on Sabbath because Moses went to Tarot and they have that story. Hey, where have you gone? Mom took you to a job where people are falling. That's not a legacy. That means nothing because after some years now, the pastor is gone now, he's vanished. Or he's committed for adultery, he's gone now. Everything. So there's no story to tell. So you know why God asked them to be recording this event? To something tells me that. <laughs> you see why God <laughs> give him pen and paper. <laughs> Take now when you get home, convert it onto that stuff. I was in the middle of the sentence. Don't worry. <laughs> what? That's what he was texting at me. <laughs> something just told me that something was holding <laughs> It was his mom's church I was talking about yesterday. <laughs> he introduced the Jew every. It's a lovely church, by the way. He changed their step down. They were coming from home together. <laughs> In the same car, <laughs> and then once you drove from the car, enter the no, and enter the auditorium, then boom, these guys become so. <laughs> okay, because I want us to spend a little time praying today. So I think I've been able to establish this belief system. So we roam the earth because there is no belief system, so there's no moral response. Mm. Sometimes, especially for us, it's a good thing that up till now there hasn't been any because what our parents could have done to us, and it's happened to most of the people talking on Twitter and that, they've been given wrong belief system. Mm. Now that's terrible. It's just as dangerous as the guy without any. It's dangerous. It's both lethal. It's both, it's both destructive. Because here we are again with the greatest fool on earth. Who already thinks he knows everything. It's a problem. But let's move beyond that. So the Jewish people and nations who have any sense in them develop citizenry with belief system. They become passionate about their country, they become passionate about their religion, they become passionate about anything that they were fought. And so if we're going to build a new generation, guys, ladies and gentlemen, we've got to take in the belief system of what we call Spark Nation. As long as it's based on scriptures, though, and build, so my job as a father in the house hopefully I am, is to build and suggest to you from scriptures, but instruct those who are truly sons and daughters 
on the belief system that God has shown us on the mountain. That's our belief system. So, you, you can be a minister here today and disagree with how we give tomorrow. You've got to leave that belief system. We don't tune it to your, how sweet it is to you. Because you've got to, otherwise, if we're going to speak to you, you've got to show us some scriptures and from results, your belief system. But I guess your belief system is either being infiltrated by the enemy through talks because you really didn't believe, or you're just confused because you have no belief system, so there was no protection. So every suggestion of the rulers of the hairspace gets to you. At that point, God severs, God cuts off that relationship and say, it is going to be a problem here. It's going to be a problem. So I developed moral ethics because of my belief system. Or moral, moral responses, pardon me. Character is what governs my life. See our lack of it destroyed the life of Samson, finished them, turned him into a non-entity, even though he's got power. Joseph has got power as well. But his character guided him to be the king, so to speak, of the greatest country in the world. So at the end of the day, I discovered now that it is not who you know, it's who you are. You know, we say life is about who you know. No, it's about who you are. That's the issue. Who are you, Joseph? And if Joseph can answer that question, how did he know who he is? Reading identity books? He said, the problem with the world today is identity. I said, that's the issue. The person who will write the book about identity is still looking for her own identity. You're just confusing each other. It's one roller coaster, long ride that nobody will come to the conclusion of it. So I said, since you guys have been doing drama about identity, writing books, who has identified their identity? <laughs> you just end up more confused. And the thing is, a day or two after that drama or that book, you forget it. And then you're back to facing the problems of life. Because that was never the way God designed it. He wanted you to have the instrument that gets us through life. It's called conviction. Have you ever heard the law word convicted before? I want you to take a deep think, a little bit deep think about it. They will say, he's been convicted for murder. Have you ever wondered why they use the word convicted? Let, let's check the dictionary for conviction. Pastor David said it so powerfully. Look at what happened here. Jesus said, if somebody sings and you guys come together, forgive them their sin, of their sin. He said, whosoever sins you forgive shall be forgiven. Whosoever sins you hold on to shall be held on to. Now, there's, that's a big statement right there. It means that. Look at this. 
It means that this person really sinned. Now, they now come before two people who believe. And their fault is now forgiven because of their conviction. Because of their faith. So even though the sinner has been convicted, is now acquitted, acquitted of, his, of his sins because these two guys here have a belief system. So they cleanse him of his sins because of their own, not because of their righteousness, you know, but because of their belief, because they are convinced that what they are doing is based on God's word. The belief system brought them together. So I am PK at two of you, if you would agree concerning a matter. So now we, our agreement based on our conviction because of our belief system puts us in a place to call a sinner righteous. So sin is neutralized because of someone's belief system. The highest authority God gave man on earth is to be able to forgive sins. Because the first time Jesus taught them about prayer and said, forgive us as trespasses, that's God. Now it makes man into God because of man's belief system. So again, a murderer is forgiven because of a church. Oneness, eh? together, people that are together. So they've agreed now that he's no longer a murderer. He's forgiven. Hey, what am I trying to say with all that? That is religiously or in religious space, that is God's position. It is God's position to forgive sins. Right? But now man can do it. Because God is holy. Do you know where I'm going with that? But we are holy. Why are we holy? Because we are one, right? So that's why two of you shall touch a matter. Paul became so powerful that he can actually hand someone over to the devil. Imagine Paul taking a Christian and saying, oh, devil, deal with it. Kill him, like, just <coughs> of three days, so that, it's, so that the person can be saved. I don't know if you understand these things or believe. Paul was going to deal with a person, and he said, so that he can enter heaven. Satan, um, kill him. Because you deal with him. This is the power of a person, of persons that have become holy. Character. Paul was writing letters in jail. That's a man whose character is unmovable. What was God doing with Job? A test of character. All that Satan told God was, he has an unstable character. He's stable because he's got money. Let's see what he would do without money. And Satan started putting pressure, but his character remained. 
Then Satan went back to God and said, oh, a man would do anything for his health, a flesh for a flesh. And his character remains stable. Now God could trust him with greater wealth. What happened to Job, I, I've always said it, that I think what was going on was God had been looking for an opportunity because Job had become the richest man in the East, whereas he should be the richest man in the world. Now, Satan asked God a question about Job's character and God found the opportunity, the excuse to bless Job because his God was so all his God. Up till that moment, even though he gives some to the poor, he sacrifices more for his own sons. And God said, it's not about your sons, it's about the whole world. Yes, it's about my sons. Yes, so you're going to give all for God so loved the world. So you're going to give it. I'll let Satan take him the way he will kill my son because that's all I've got. It's a set up. It's not different from Satan killing Jesus. It took all that Job has got, every single thing. And if all these things don't happen, God will not be able to kill his own son. It's as simple as that. All the sons of Job, all the daughters of Job, all the wealth of Job. But Job, if these goals and your character remains the same, you will gain the whole world. Because I, God, will come under that pressure too soon. I will take everything of God, but I will still keep loving and thereby gain the whole world. The Bible says that God returned to Job and blessed him about seven times more. It's a test of character. It's the test to see. So let me go to, so we've established that, get your value system. And there is no single value system that I've not thought about in this house, either from Wisdom Wednesday to whatever I've thought about relationship. Now you can come back and ask thousands of questions and waste your time and mind about what you already know. Because the reason why people come back to ask the same question is because circumstances have happened outside now. The truth that I shared did not change. Ah, so Pastor, are you sure that, 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 that? I said, I've said it. So now, from here now, politics start. I've got to now start changing words. Yeah, yeah, boy, in your circumstance, you can do this and that. That to me is, I'm saying, that this meeting needs to end. Because you already know it. But what about in this circumstance? No. It is the same circumstance. You already know what to do. So if you've forgotten those pillars, go back to those archives and look for them. What should be done in this case? What should a poor person who doesn't have be doing? Should be telling God I'm not poor. Because the poor you will always have with you. But not me. I say that in my seat. I'm not. I refuse to enter the mindset of all. Well, how can they force people to give if we are if we don't have, we don't have. When did you join the group of the we? This lady just took herself into the group of like the protesters, like the um the, the ones with the black hat. We don't have. We don't have. How, how did you join the group? How did you become part of that group? Why don't you join the group of we must have? Like, we'll just find it. 
group. But you can also join the group where we don't have, and when you protest, don't get in trouble, we'll hear you and say, look, we don't need 300 people to give, we need 50, don't worry. It's as simple as that. Please, I cannot overemphasize philosophy. Why? It is the pillar upon which you also lead people. So that you're not looking for advice. Imagine you're a leader who, when people ask questions, you go on Google. And say, so, well, you know, let me say this. And say, so, well, you know, I feel pressure because I'm in um, so 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 group. I'm in Austrian and I'm in da da da. There's so much pressure and da 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 da. Leader says, get out of it. Say to the leader, where is that found from? The pillar still remains, and you shall serve the Lord your God, and it will bless your bread and your water. So isn't that, a, that's my principle in life. So I want the pressure. So now you run out of it, you have no conviction, then you're going to blame the leader. You've heard the word. If the leader would help you, what they would do is teach you how to manage that service now. Okay, you put two hours there, why not one hour, da, da, da. But it really says get out of service. It is not because they are wicked, far from it. They just don't know as well. So most times I've got to ask the leader, what's your personal? So this is my question to my leader, sir. What's your personal philosophy? Personal, that means board based. What's your personal philosophy about service? You know, sometimes your leader may say, get out of it. If you're killing, I would complain every day. Or then um, the Russian department leader looked at me funny. Then that, that. So even me, I'll just say, get out of it, man. Because I don't want to do this tomorrow again. I don't want your complaint. But if you're a son or a daughter, I will say, well, my philosophy is this. This is what the Bible says. If they obey and serve it. They will spend their days in pleasure and their years in prosperity. Therefore, from now on, you're not serving PT and you're not serving the ocean department leader. You're serving the Lord who is the rewarder. Mm -hmm. It ends there. That's my philosophy. Can PT misbehave to me or behave to me in funny way or my group leader behave to me in funny ways? Yes, but this is my philosophy. Therefore, doing service as unto God and not unto man. That's my philosophy. And I stick to that. Now, when your heart turns against scripture, you begin to look for the wizard of Endor. The witch of Endor. You know that's what Saul did. Saul had departed from the Lord. So she went to a wizard all the way in Endor to go listen to advice. And to invoke the spirit of Samuel, and Samuel already gave the law. Yes. But they went to invoke a spirit to know, okay, in this present circumstance, because I'm in college, I'm in uni, uh -uh, the law is the law. Yes, sir. So you will look for the witch of Endor, wizard of Endor, if your heart turns away from the law. And at that point, people become political with you. And I will be, so I can't blame a leader because she, what do I want to tell her? She's saying she's complaining. So sit down then. 
Sit down. It's a philosophy thing. It's character thing. Never be up and down person. Don't even go up. Stay at a stage. Regulate. Just regulate. Be predictable, if I may use that word. Uh -huh. Be predictable. They know as for this person, this is what she believes on this. Don't let Satan or your current need or have or have not dictate how you behave. You know, when people walk into church and you can almost tell, oh, she's got a problem. She intentionally wore it. She wore her problem to church and she's looking like that so that subconsciously she's looking for pity. Subconsciously. But she said to herself, no, no, I don't need anybody's pity. But you already look like, and if we walk past you now without saying a word, it's going to be a problem. Go to hell. Sorry, I mean, leave us alone. Don't stay at home with your pity, you know, and have a party. <laughs> oh, pity party. <laughs> but remember, with all of this, I'm talking to leaders. Members, people who are just coming, they will need to grow through this, right? Uh -huh. So you don't say that to new converts or so you are leaders because unless you be strong in this, you cannot lead anybody. You can't lead, you can't help because you've not helped you. And what does it take to help you? You can help yourself in a minute now because your conviction and your belief system says to you that I'm never a victim. You understand? I've got the, my belief system says to me, I'm never a victim. Why do I believe I'm never a victim, regardless of whatever happens in my life? For all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to His purpose. So there's nothing that can happen to me. He said, Not a single hair can fall from my head without His knowledge. So I'm, I can't be a victim. Now that's settled in my head forever. So I don't move like a victim. I don't say things that God was going on. No, no, it, it doesn't matter anymore what is going on. The day I have a belief system that says all things work together for my good. So there's nothing that was going on. Yeah. I don't know why God is not answering me. I've got a belief system about sin and righteousness that sin cannot stop what God wants to do in my life because of the blood of Jesus. You are going to reason. The definition of conviction. Yeah. The quality of showing that one is firmly convinced of what one believes or says. Second definition, a firmly held belief or opinion. A, another definition, a formal declaration by a verdict of a jury or the decision of a judge in a court of law that someone is guilty of a crime, of a criminal offence. Okay. I'll deal more with that tomorrow. I've got to stop now. Conviction. All the things there are true. You have character because you say what you are and you do it. Do you did you hear that man? You heard it, but you didn't write You say what you have. Now you see. You see where we begin to have problems now. We usually say what people want. 
So people come to me with all manner of requests, and these are the tripping of our start. They come with all manner of requests. Why? Because they have an expectation. You know, people think of your bank account with their head because of your shoe. So as far as they are concerned, no matter what with the shoe is wearing, no matter what, it's got like 50 billion. They become your psychological accountant. So, so this is the issue now. Please listen to this well, please. The issue now is, because of their gauge of me or you, they then put a request forward. Because they've assumed certain things. And it's good for people to assume good for you, whatever. But this is the issue. So at the beginning of our own pastor, we then make the commitment. Because we don't want to disappoint them. Or we really want to help them. But we don't have the capacity. You lack character. You're a failure. It's not fun. It's not like, oh yeah, that's my fault. No, no, no. You are you're you you're you're sick. It's a sickness, it's gonna be a problem. God will not trust you with anything because now you're gonna say it and you're not gonna do it. Forget about why you said it. Because you are saying what you are not. If you said it and you have what it takes to do it and you didn't do it, you will pay it in another way. I hope you know that. But, okay, now I've realized that I just wanted to live up to the expectation of this person. So, now you repent out of that. I realized that the reason why I don't like phones is because requests come true and I commit to it. Out of, I want to help. And even though my saying no to them is not helpful to them, it's helpful to me. It is helpful me first. Because now I'll become two people. You remember when the day to fulfill it came and you're not picking up anything? <laughs> and it's not even something you hold them. But now you are in, you hold them now. You hold them because imagine what one of you, the guys wrote me a long letter about how I failed them. And, and, and you pity you are worse than the government. You compare me because you've not helped me. He said, that, first of all, he said, you've not helped, you failed all the young people, blah, 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 blah. Then he said, I see, at the end of his letter, I said, I see you helping others and you ignore me. I said, okay, first of all, so you see me help others, okay? Because that was not the word, how it started. He said, I failed them. Now, secondly, now you compare me with me, with the government. One man against, um, against the whole government of UK, not the Nigeria government, so don't say I don't know. <laughs> I said, sir, I can't match up with the firepower, financial power of the government. Um, that's number one. Number two, as far as I'm concerned, I'm helping as much as I can 
And that could be 100 pounds a month because I'm just a pastor. I literally, no, I literally take from others to give others. <laughs> that, that's more like what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, it's not like I have a tax system. Uh -huh. I don't have a tax system. I don't have a military system that goes to Africa to shoot anybody by the oil pipeline. We also have that. But I'm just me. You know? So, is it okay? Okay, no problem. I'm sorry. But um, when can I receive 4,000 pounds? <laughs> <laughs> so I wrote a letter back saying I don't know what exactly you are smoking today <laughs> but whatever it is is definitely not good for you so go back to what you smoked yesterday because I didn't receive this day. so let's skip to the weed of yesterday <laughs> I saw the guy in church two Sundays ago at the altar, so I think it's all sorted out. I made the mistake of sending the text to PK. You didn't go. Nothing happened to the guy, right? <laughs> Conviction creates character. Your conviction, you... Don't don't do anything you have no conviction about. Because you will not receive hundredfold return next day because you gave five k last month. You might have to keep giving it for the next two years. Because it will test your resolve that comes from wow. conviction. Because conviction creates character. I'm not giving a sparkle with young people because there will be an wonderful return. I expect harvest. However, the, the highest reason for me giving is because I'm convicted and convinced that there needs to be a change. And most Christians will then tell you, oh, well, that doesn't mean I have to give money. Well, it's like Labour Party members or leaders trying to win election without giving money. So, no, 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 no. What we just do is we, um, we just tell people our story. You need money to tell them. What do you want to do? You want to be like the follower of um, Mr. Jesus from Kosovo who tells his followers to stand. They stand on the streets with ampules, with a cross on the street, telling all manner of lies and stupid stuff. Nobody's going to follow that. It doesn't connect. That's not the Jesus we know. The Jesus we knew was a recruiter. Sometimes he gathers 5,000 people and gives them free food. Free food for 5,000 people is heavy, you know. I know they say you guys are rich. I don't think you can do it for now. 5,000 plus people fed and then there was left over. I said, but he created, he didn't use money, he created the supernatural. Okay, create yours. <laughs> How will we do it? If we call, oh, let the Lord fry something, it didn't come. 
You go buy it. You buy it. <laughs> you just buy it. Imagine trying to feed 5,000 people today with bread and fish. And I was going to stone you. <laughs> it's going to be the right stuff. Conviction creates character. You say what you are and you do it. This is what I am. You understand? It is not what I am is what I am. I stick to what I am. That's the word. And you deliver that. Whatever you are, whatever the, 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 the case may be. Who? Is it? Go on. Give me mic. I am so because of him friendly. Yes, don't worry. Willingness, leadership. A, willing, a, a leader is a person with conviction. You know the prayer we prayed at the time. Lord, give me the conviction of steel. Do you remember that prayer? It's unbending. You can't persuade the conviction of steel. Is resolute. It is not let's see how it goes. It's not when things are not going out of my way, I'm out of stagnation. Because someone holds me 45 pounds. <laughs> it's the conviction of steel. I, like I said, it's not even that someone holds the other person. Someone holds the person that told them the whole, ah, yeah, that's not good. That's a psychological defect. Because why were you there in the first place? To not be hold money? Or to follow a course? Give me the conviction of steel. So I discovered that God gives people defect or allows the defect in their character to test mine. And to see if I will quit. Because if you quit when you are nobody, you will quit more when you are somebody. Because when you are somebody, you have more options. You just say, oh, God damn it. (laughs) 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 You just say, forget it, I don't care. Because now you have money, you have access. Imagine a poor quitter. (laughs) He doesn't know where he's going to next, though. He has nothing. He just quit to do nothing. Imagine that person if God has blessed that person with money before now. He's got an option. He's got an option. So it tests you with your character when you've got nothing and it keeps doing that to see is this person a stable person. Does he or she have the conviction of still, you'd see, we can say what we like to God. He registers it and say thanks. Thanks for the commitment, but I would have to find out. Do not mistake reputation for character. Now write that down, though, if you can. I'm not going to get into that today because it's almost three. There is a difference between reputation and character, you see, reputation is the expression of someone's experience with you. You see, that that it changes from people and season. 
Someone say, oh, his reputation is that he owes me. Another person say, his reputation is he's giving me money. That, that's the truth. That's how life is. What do you then judge with? Don't judge on people's reputation. You've got to experience their character. I think sometimes we shut people out of our lives too quick because of reputation. Shut them out. We just say, but tomorrow will be character and reputation. If we get there, we get there. You say what you are and you do it. A leader has the willingness to sacrifice their pleasure for the sake of principle. Mm. They sacrifice their pleasure. And you, you've seen Joseph. And no leader wants to fornicate. He just fornicates. It's, it's, it's pleasurable. At that time, yeah, yeah. God is asked for forgiveness and all that. That's fine, and He's forgiven, and life moves on. But as we grow, we begin to ask ourselves about principle and pleasure. Principle and pleasure. Now, now, if it has not become your principle, then the pleasure will override it, because it's not your principle. It's just there. Being one with yourself. Is knowing where you are and let that default come out clear. You know, I won't give to a person because I want to impress them. There's an issue and we can give and we give and we solve the problem. If they walk away from the church tomorrow, it still didn't mean anything to me. There was a problem there and my character is to respond with giving. <laughs> That's the character. Has, of course, we would have problem if such person now start talking rubbish about they never gave me. I'm just gonna print it out. That's a character too. I'm just gonna print it and say we gave. It's that 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 simple. Now, not not because we want to show that they've taken. It's just because they said they have not taken. <laughs> so you can take and still hate a thing. That's fine. I won't respond to that. I say, oh, they are bastards. They are fools. They are liars. They are this. That's fine. You never said you didn't take, though. So that boy, the moment you say, I never took anyone, I said, no, no, no. <laughs> That's what you took, just for record purpose. <clears throat> so, we've got a few minutes to pray. And I, I, I think it's more of examination than praying. We were again discussing one of your brothers today, and I think, I mean, yesterday, and I think I would have to be saying this a lot more to help the guy, because I think he's mentally deranged. But for the character of consistency, I think that may help deliver the guy. He said, it's been four years now, and you still tell the same lies. What is wrong? What is wrong? What is wrong? As in, it is, it is mysterious. Shush, please, sorry. It is mysterious because Imagine somebody calls you and say, you know what? The giving for this month has all of that given. You don't have to give. I say, sir, please, I beg you, I need to, I need to give the money's ready. And <laughs> sir, I'm giving 5K. And he said, don't worry, just build them. He said, sir, sir, 
I honestly need to give this money. It is ready. And then, and then, you spend the next one week. I mean, you convince the person who called you to say, "Look, you don't need to send any projected giving. Don't worry about it." Just and then you said no, and then you convince the blind leader to say, "I have to. It is ready." Then no, and then you now spend the next two weeks lying about. Oh, it's out. I'm coming in now. It's here. I'm, I'm outside. The more, and then you start lying. You now begin to wonder. They, they've seen you coming. They don't want you to promise anything. They don't want you. So they called you and said, Look, don't worry. What should you have said at that point? Thank you, sir. Or thank you, ma'am. Thank you. But then you insist. And weeks after, you're still lying. Oh, uh, the bank says I should come tomorrow. What is going on? So the only thing that has grown is the promise of you. So you started this giving promise with 500. It's now increased to 5,000. The amount of what you promise without being asked. <laughs> the amount has increased. But delusion. I think that's more than delusion now because the, I, I don't get it. So I'm thinking we will have to tie this guy hands and leg and take them to Celestia Church. No, 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 seriously. And start their deliverance, walk it all the way from Sunday. So, what's there needs to do for us? You know, when you are going to Africa, when you're going to Africa and you want to take malaria virus, they inject you with it. Okay. So that we can start dealing with real problems, they will have to, then they will inject you with more problems. <laughs> no, no, no. It has to be. Because you cannot really deliver him. If you say, oh, he just lies, he will just think it's not a big deal. That is not going. But if they give him more problem then, then it becomes an escalated emergency. Then we drag him to the mountain of fire. From there, they will deal with the, all the matters. Because they will take it seriously. Okay, they will inject him with more oil. You know, there are problems you just can't figure out why. You're just thinking, why is this there? What? Okay, not even why. What is this? Because there's lying. Okay, fine. Then there is this one. That, then there is pathological lying. Then there is this one, which we don't know what it is. <laughs> Imagine a person wakes up one day and goes to work. But they're not going to work. <laughs> they just wear a suit and a tie and go sit down in a cafe and come back home. Like, oh, I'm coming from work. <laughs> So, 
So my thought, wait, I'm trying to bring out something from you. My thought is, is either you're being pressured by somebody to go and walk, but you are not pressured. You're not paying no rent, you're not pressured, nothing is going on. You just feel, oh, everybody is here and nobody will respect anybody as a senior. I don't know, I'm just putting assumptions to this. So therefore, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just dress up. Go to a bus stop and sit. One of the brothers asked me yesterday, from what time to what time? I said, the normal work time. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? What is this? You know, if you deal with that for three months or six months, it's a problem. If you deal with it for five years, you're just there saying, this God is wonderful. God. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's a wonderful God who has created all manner. All manner of creation. Because you're looking at this and saying, what manner of man are you? It's the same question they ask Jesus. Oh <laughs> what is what manner? Like, you know, sometimes I wish I could enter into such mind to just see. What are, are you trying to be important? Are you trying to be? What are you trying to be? Why? Do, and at the same time, you still look at this person and say, "Boy, he's a good person." Yeah. Yeah. You see, that's that's a sharp contrast, right? So a person can have two characters. You see, this person is good. He's not an evil person. I don't think it will hurt anybody. And <laughs> intentionally, <laughs> but there is a problem which, and you know, it's another thing for you to correct somebody and they are arguing. The, the, I don't want to say the worst people, the most problematic people are men like Pastor Adi, like this other guy I'm talking about. They repent in 30 seconds of talk. I'm like, Prince. Straight away, my prince, yeah, yeah. Straight away, you don't need to say much. You're already like this. <laughs> and you know, the problem with that is in the early days, it gets you. Ah, oh, you say, yeah. God is moving in his heart. Now. <laughs> Prince is just going to kneel down straight. <laughs> and again, and again, in the early days, that gets you to think, oh, wow, God is good. What a, what a spirit of conviction has come upon you. Until the 50th time, and you realize it just is faster. So, look, when a person that is that first attack, you. You must be a funny person to keep talking. 
So I remember the last time I did, no, not the last time, maybe the tenth time he did that to us. If you kneel down, the God will kill you and your children. If they don't kneel down, you put that. Then I still used to say fear things. They just don't kneel down. Because he was going for it again. If you try it, you will not be able to stand up again in your life. Do some of it. These are, these are some of the extreme cases. These are some of the issues. These are some of the things that we face. However, however, maybe I was, you know, and I, it's not as extreme as that, but you've got to find the conflicting character. You've got to find, and again, remember that this character is not, I fornicate, I don't fornicate, I do this, no, no, no. This character is my instabilities. And you've got to go back home as leaders and ask yourself, truly, what do I believe about giving? Maybe to start with, you need to write it down. Truly, what do I believe about relationship? Maybe you have to write it down. I've seen relationships that need to break because at the onset of it, nobody believed anything. It's just, it's just we like each other and we're here. Or we thought we like each other and we're here. We've got to go back and review what do I really believe. And that must be done selflessly. And these are the things, these are the build-ups. These are the things that we've got to put in place. And once you've done that, you're ready for life. Before you do that, you're not ready for life. You're ready for everybody's opinion. And those opinions will influence you and other people's character or lack of it then controls your life. You become an unstable mind. So you hear this preaching today, it's like, oh, wow. You hear that one today, oh, wow. You, it's like unstable as the water. When stable life says, you know what? I've come to believe this. Again, the enduring belief will have to be from the word of God. So that, because that's where we have to strike the balance with this so that you don't go and believe the wrong thing and stay with it. I know a man who's believed the wrong thing. He's just believed that he's going to be a mortal millionaire. And I keep saying, I think Satan has sent you on an everlasting errand. <laughs> it's an errand. It's like, so the person is sitting with me and asking me to raise investment for him. So because I was eating, I kept saying, yeah, 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 yeah. I said to the guys, yeah. But afterwards, now I'm fine. I said, listen, you see the job Satan has given you to be running around. Satan sent you to mobilize and recruit me. That, that's what it is. Satan has just said, oh, you know that Toby guy is sent to love you and be helping you. Go and recruit him so that both of you can be running around looking for something you will never get. I said, go and tell Satan that I wasn't recruited. <laughs> I wasn't recruited. You are in your mid-50s. You are running around for 
a deal that will make you one billion when you've never made 20 pounds. You're insane, my friend. You are insane. If I were you, I would just go and die. No, no, no. Seriously, those are my, my words to the person. I would, I would just think about life and hang me. If for any reason, no, no, no. If for any reason you believe that you've neglected all the primary things God has called you for and for years nothing is working and for any reason you're sitting in your God-forsaken bedroom by yourself believing that you're doing a deal for like 100 million. You should just, you should just wrap this thing up. <laughs> just stop this thing. Now, someone said, someone would then say, oh, you never know what God can do because there was a guy in Czechoslovakia who at the late 11th hour miracle happened. I said, who is the guy? <laughs> who? You know, those testimonies make church people mad. Now go and listen to the 11th hour testimony and they, they, they are now insane, deluded. Satan has deceived them that something miraculous is that someone just walked into a restaurant and gave him one beer. I said, where? I said, where? 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 And when you start asking where and who, you say, oh, the person is dead now. He was a dead man in the at the beginning. <laughs> you are running Satan's errand. And be careful of the people who are in your life as well, because you've got to have your conviction not to go on an errand that Satan sends your friend. Uh, uh, you can tell your friend, oh yeah, I know it's Satan sending you on this one. You know that deal you are chasing around. Is an errand from hell. Say, I'm not going. I'm not, I'm not answering this errand. I'm not going with you. Oh, if you just miss me this one, the way my life would change. At what age? You're deluded, my friend. Now, but how do you avoid those things? You've got to have convictions. You know why I mentioned that testimonies? Without that, testimonies will make your head believe what you should do. It will make you switch your mind into things that will never happen from now until a chicken swallows an elephant. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So... I encourage you as as we go, uh, and maybe by Friday I'll start asking you questions and ask about your personal convictions about certain issues in your life. Otherwise, if God is working with you, people, when certain things don't seem to be happening in your life, people will offer you prayers. Uh, they will say, no, 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 you're not praying in a certain way. Um, they will offer you prayers. And then they will offer you oil. <laughs> then after that, you will have to offer them money. Then they will offer you all manner of things because according to them, imagine a poor person saying that a poor person didn't know how to pray right for prosperity. <laughs> <laughs> so now, <laughs> now, boy, it happens. So now, 
they have a prosperity declaration from a pastor on Old Kent Road to remove the garment of poverty. In a church that holds after Baba shot the credit Baba's chair after service. So, and in that church, they're declaring war against poverty. <laughs> and I'm saying, but, but, okay, so I'm asking the question, are you talking about spiritual poverty? Or physical war? If it's spiritual, okay, whatever that means, you Christians are spooky anyway, so whatever. But like the real one, the one we all know, you're going to finish it in that location. You're going to, as in, I don't get it. And someone believes that. He said, now, tell the woman next to you to prophesy that poverty is over in your life. I'm like, no, don't prophesy to me. Things are going to go worse. No way in the world is this going to happen. Let me just stay there. Don't, don't give me more poverty because you're just going to multiply. Iron sharpens iron. So shall the man sharpen the continents of his friend. Don't sharpen my poverty continents. At least if I'm not going to prosper, just leave me in this level of poverty. I'm not going to go put my head into something for sentiment. I only said all that to say that if you don't have conviction, you will believe that you are poor or you are supposed to be married and you're not yet married or you are supposed to be great or be some like some world renowned um, whatever it is and it's not yet happening. And when you believe those things, people will suggest demons to you and they will see the one responsible for your issues and they will begin to suggest prayers to you. Nothing can happen against me. Everything can only happen for me. Now that's tough in a world where Deliverance ministers have gone digital. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about because don't just say, oh, oh, sit down, sit down there, sit down there. There are certain demons, that, and then they will tell you a story that happened in Africa. How when that woman now prayed, something just happened. She saw something in the sky about 3 a.m. And that's how she got married in this month. Does that mean miracles does not happen? Miracles do happen, whatever it is. But nothing can happen against me. Are we ready to pray? We have 10 minutes to pray. But let me take, we have 15 minutes to 3. I've been doing well, closing exactly at 3. So I'll take two questions if there is if there isn't that's fine. Um but well, we'll close exactly at three, that's fine. Any question please? Yes sir. Well, you know you mentioned belief systems yeah. and people that believe in a certain thing. But sometimes what they can believe in can be wrong. Also remember you saying that even if you're believing in something that's wrong, just your consistency on focus, you break through in that. Oh yes. Um Adolf Hitler had a belief system. It wasn't faking anything. He actually believed he has a philosophy and he backed it up with a discipline and it worked to a stage for God intervened and all those things. But a wrong belief system, well, 
So I don't think people's life don't work because they believe wrong things. Mm-hmm. I believe people's life don't work because they believe nothing. Yeah. They have no conviction. They believe anything that is going on now. So if this person is on, on, on um, social media, whatever is going on now, they just go with it. The highest level of failure, the highest um, um, key to failure, or the most powerful key to failure, if we may use that word, is a guy who has just none, no conviction at all. So Adolf Hitler worked, and we all know Joseph Stanley, all these guys, they worked because they actually believe something, and they made their followers believe it too. And their followers only believed it because they were convinced, meaning the leaders of, of the those who propose those things are convinced that it's true. They were not doing it out of deceit. No movement that is deceitful can ever go that far. They actually believed, even though it's a lie, they believed a lie, but they were convinced and people were convinced with them. And so, and in this case, that's why we use the Bible, because I can come up with my beliefs and I can convince people to believe it. But the reason why we teach from the Bible is that we follow Jesus' teaching as it relates to our matters today, and that's it, God said it. Yes, sir. The second part to that question was, you know you mentioned the example you gave with Joseph for his character. Yeah. Where did Joseph then get that weakness from? Was it from his dad? His dad, yeah. absolutely. They, they, they have a lineage of, of faith. So is that God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob? And you remember that what God said was he will trust Abraham because he knows he will teach his children, who will teach his generation. And so it's about what is passed down from generation to generation. So you're right, sir. Yes, sir. Pass Daniel, then I'll come to this. So following on from that question, um, I was going to ask another question before Pastor um, said that, which is, comes across as this has to be individual to do that, then my question would have been, can a mentor break someone into a character? But with that question now, it's kind of answered it because David got, um, Joseph got it from his lineage. Now, what if someone doesn't know their father? Uh, doesn't know where, how they, they've just come about because they found here and there. From having no structure, which is not the fault of the world. Yeah, and I think I answered that. that fatherhood then means what? Because my father, my dad can say, remember the son of whom you are. But the fact that I see you in the house every day does not mean you are my father because I don't know you. So who is a father? And sometimes I even know you. You can tell me tell light stories or moonlight stories. Um, but we, because you also as my dad, you've not received fundamental beliefs or faith, so you can't give me any. That's why God calls the family a church. And say, all oh, these people calling their pastor, father, father, father. But, but in the family, there's a father. And it's the, fa- it's the family of God in heaven and on earth. There's going to be a father in every family. Otherwise, it's not a family. The moment we join a church family, we become children. And if the pastor is three years old or four years old, he becomes a father, even if you are 90 years old. That's, that's the principle of a family. I mean, the principle of God's family. 
And so, but the problem with Arwood Church is this. For some reason, I don't think pastors or leaders wait well enough to understand what the family the pastor is about. I think we just repeat what we see others do. For example, you then ask, why do you do night video? The pastor don't even know. It's just the church is coming from we do videos to pray and move the hand of God. Okay, why do we do anointing service? Well, there was a church that started it and they become thousands of people. So we do it. So you are not the father. You see that church is the father of this church. But it's a distance father. By not doing all this. Why do we do what we do? Is this an original work? So I said to you that if I get into a church, unless I see, not writing of the vision or the mission or the assignment, unless I see the assignment, I'm not part of that church. If it's just to go to church on a Sunday, because they've been doing it, doing it for years, and this church is now 30 years old, then I go. And I'm not seeing the assignment anymore. It's been, Satan has used time to neutralize the church. I'm not going there. I'm going to see the assignment because that's what makes us a family because there's an assignment. There's a reason why we are here. And so you all know what the assignment of Spark Nation is. It's, it becomes obvious every day. And that assignment supersedes the faults, therefore. You won't see the fault. Those who are not part of the assignment will see the fault because that's what they are created to see. And so church is the family. How do you know your spiritual father? If there's any word like spiritual father, father is father, as we both say. But how do you know? Our earthly fathers are the people that are supposed to teach us the fundamentals of life. And when we're growing up, they say this is how to use the body, this is how to use this, this is how to everything. They are the ones you ask questions. That's how spiritual father work. Is the one that taught me the fundamentals of the faith. Opened my eyes to God's dimension. To even want to know God. That means I could have been alive. But you see, those who are recruited into gang or drug, one day they met a father on the street. And he began to teach them do this. So it's not, it wasn't the one that gave birth to them. But he became their father by teaching them I don't know, we want to say it's the wrong thing, but it taught them how life works and things like that. So I can be in church, get born again in a church, but God, born again is to admit me to a family. To assign a father to me is the word. Who taught me the word, who gave me understanding, interest and understanding in the word. So I could be going to church and have interest. But understanding it, I'm thinking, I don't understand this thing, but I have interest in it. Spiritual fatherhood is what gives us that. Because as far as God is concerned, living in the world is living life. That you know how to eat, how to use fork and knife is not life to God. It's life in this realm and is important. But knowing how spiritual things work according to scriptures is fatherhood. Yeah? Now, I'll go to Pastor. Jai. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. Right. So all of these things that have to do with character.
I don't even understand. I know it makes sense, but I'm trying to. All living things have two characters, which are. One to kill us and one to prosper us. This is going to be dumb. Why don't we discuss this one on one eventually? Yeah, go on. You have one minute. I don't understand your question. Okay, fine. Why is Pastor Daniel's accent still like that? Can we pray now? Thank you, Faith. Yeah, thanks. Go on, Faith. Smart Nation has a belief system which is the word. Please, guys, please, one minute. Spark Nation has a belief system, which is obviously the word we take as the law, but why is it that we don't take it as serious as like the British law? I've got to ask you the question. So they say, speak for yourself. I'm just joking. I also don't know how to answer that, but then to, I can only advise that you take it seriously. <laughs> I wouldn't know why you don't. But I think I know why I do. <laughs> so please take it seriously. <laughs> Question. Well, seriously, I think we should take it as serious as the law. It's just like, I don't know, you know, the Jewish people, very well, they still live within this system and carry out their own law. With respect for the law of the land. Black or whatever you want to call yourself, but Ben, minority, whatever. You, we just seem to be. We're just so yeah, minority. We're, we're just seriously. We're just loose. We're very yeah, kind of loose kind. We're just so loose, and Christianity did not help us because Christianity makes us assume a freedom beyond stuff. We just, everybody is just so free. We are loose. We wake up, we make decisions, and we just decide everything, anything. Uh, and it's the worst thing that happened to us. We can wake up today, a Christian can wake up today and say, God has spoken to move on. It's just so free. And remember, this is a God who had never given this person anything that they want. But he speaks to them to take actions. And he never takes no action for them. So it's very concerning. No wonder when Paul writes, it will say, a slave of the Lord Jesus Christ. No wonder, the go and check, Paul started his ministry in Antioch. Down to Iconium. And then to, I forgot the third place now. Go and check. His first 14 years was under the leadership of Peter as the head of the church. First 14 years after he had his first encounter with the Lord face to face. And that's many years after his read law accomplished, meaning under the teaching of Gamaliel. He was under the school of Gamaliel for so many years, trained as a lawyer. And now, 
when he was trained as a lawyer under a man, when he had a spiritual encounter, he will come under a man for another 14 years of learning and being deployed. As the minister and prayed, the Holy Spirit said, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for the work. Not Paul say, ah, ah, I met Jesus on the way to Damascus. He's sending me <coughs> to the world now. <coughs> no. The church was the one that deployed him. A guy who is destined to be so great. So, <coughs> untrained people. A school dropout who has not lived any disciplined life, all of a sudden, says, God spoke to me. Just like that. <clears throat> and you're thinking, really? No, you're just a loose canon. You're a loose person. You're loose. That's why any guy that comes your way as well, you just, you just sleep with him. Because it's loose. There's no guiding thing. Nothing guides this person's life. And that's like a dog. You know a dog on the street, right? It's so loose. It's just running everywhere. It doesn't mean anything. It's too loose. So I think we're just too loose. I think that's the issue. That's the problem that we face. A person never be with a person that has no accountability or has no fear. Yes, sir. He can like you today. He's going to kill you tomorrow. He has no he has no fear, he has no caution. Like you know, it's this country that I first know that if you want to drop out of school, you just drop. <laughs> That's why your community is so impoverished. That's why you people are so poor. You will you will be in Nigeria and then you drop out of school, like ah, I'm not going to uni anymore. Maybe they do it now. You won't dare. Huh? You, will, you can't. You will finish school. <laughs> or you just go home and say, oh, um, I'm pregnant or I've impregnated somebody. <laughs> I let hear that it's okay. You, you, you can just let your... <laughs> You can just tell your parent that you're now pregnant and the government will start paying for it. And you know, you can't even do those things in rich families here. But they give your community a false sense of freedom. And you've all misused it now, you guys, I mean, not you, you, you know what I mean by you guys, so poor. You, we're not poor because we lack money. We're poor because we lack accountability and principle. That's our poverty. You just remember when you left school, you just left. And who dare questions you? You won't do that from where we're coming from. And someone get pregnant. It's not a matter of God hates these abortions. No, no, no. Look, God and I will have to sort it out later. You better kill it or you. Get killed. And we're not going home. We're not going home. You're not going home. It's not. So I'm, I'm not teaching you morals. And I'm just saying that freedom is the most expensive thing. Very expensive. 
So call it a control, call it whatever. Jewish children are better than us. Not because they were created there, but because they have a system, a principle in place taught from generation. I think if we can have that and begin to bring that back into our community, instill that in leadership, I think we'll begin to prosper regardless of how many things come up against us and how many obstacles we have to face. And everything in you and the people around you will fight that because the way their life got to where it is now, negative, or the reason why they didn't rise beyond where they should rise is because they have none of these principles in place. So it is only natural for a parent or friend or associate to say, oh, you're going to allow any man to control you. No, I don't do that. It's only natural. Of course you don't do that. Of course, mom, you're not like that. And of course, mom, that's where, that's why I'm having to struggle for myself now. That's why you've got nothing to hand over to me. Because you've always been free, mom. You're free, you're loose. You're just dead. Oh, I hate your father. How did you get to him? Freedom got you to him. Oh, don't be like your father. Yeah, I'm not going to be like him and I'm not going to be like you. Uh, better than your father. No, no, we're not going to be like anybody here. I'm going to be me now and create a new line for this house. Father, we just want to thank you once again for this installment of wisdom. I have two minutes to just pray the Holy Spirit quietly as possible. Just asking the Lord to Lord, give me the conviction of steel. Yes, I need the conviction of steel. Give me the conviction of still. Open my eyes to the things that I need to know in order not to be swayed by my circumstances. So lead me back to the words where you've spoken to me, where you've spoken through your word on certain principles that I need to bring into my life and establish. Jesus. Father, we thank you today again for the installment of the word. We ask you that in places and at times that you've spoken to us and we've not really heeded the word or we've not seen it as you telling us that in that area of our lives, this should be the philosophy. We just thought it was a powerful revelation. We've forgotten. We ask you, Holy Spirit, because you will bring all things to our remembrance. So, Holy Spirit, we ask you to bring these things to our remembrance because now as leaders, we are ready. 
to establish these pillars. Help us, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you. I'll see you at 11 o'clock tomorrow.